This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, you know, I hear that guy say it every time, and I think to myself, am I really an automotive expert anymore? I mean, I guess I was at one point, but how can anybody be an automotive expert when everything in the world is shifting and changing as fast as the speed of light? So I don't know. It takes, you know what it takes? It takes a village. Part of my village is Lauren Fix, publisher of Car Coach Reports, sitting somewhere in the L.A. auto show that is going on. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everybody for Thanksgiving weekend. All I can say is we have a lot to be thankful for, even though we have a lot to be pissed off at as well. Lauren Fix, how you doing? What's going on? I'm good. And happy Thanksgiving to all of your listeners as well. Yeah, a lot going on. You know, first when the LA Auto Show is going to come for like, oh, God, it's going to be like Detroit. It's going to be like nothing. I'm going to come here for like two reveals. And then Stellantis pulled out to the UAW, and we thought, uh, this is going to be ugly. And then suddenly everybody's got something. Toyota had the Tacoma for us to drive, and I'll be able to talk about drive impressions next week. I saw Carl here, Okay. Uh, another one of your regular guests. One of the, the tribe, usual yeah. suspects, as I call us. <laughs> yes. Were you, if you've seen the movie Usual Suspects, <laughs> that is us. Okay. I just wonder if I am Kaiser Sose. I haven't decided that yet. It's possible. <laughs> it's very really possible. But you never know. The one who knows all but then pretends like they don't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's you, all right. <laughs> well, because I have my ear to the ground. I know all the gossip. But anyway, um, as far as the auto show, we thought for sure it would be nothing. So besides seeing the Tacoma last night, we saw the... A 2025 Camry, the 2025 Crown SUV called the Signia. It will replace the Venza. Mm. So lots of new improvements. I'm also a World Car of the Year juror, so we had the World Car of the Year drive. So I got to drive some really neat cars from around the world that kind of would surprise you. Like Suzuki had a vehicle here, but you thought, eh, Suzuki, they're not even selling here in the U.S. Well, on a global basis, they do. And the vehicle does really well, as well as a company called SAIC. It's a Chinese car company. They're utilizing the name MG. So if you're an MG fan from way back in the day, the old British cars, right. they're utilizing that same exact logo. Not stylized, not updated. That same logo is called an MG1. Wow. Uh, I got a chance to drive that and review. I thought it was interesting. Actually, it was pretty good hmm. for essentially like 30000 maybe less. It's hard to tell because they give it to me in British pounds. But um, I got to drive something really, really, really cool. I am not the biggest fan of electric cars. I think there's something missing. You know, when you drive a Demon or you drive a Corvette or a Mustang, you drive away and you hear that roar, that thunder. You feel it inside your system. You're like, oh, yes, right? Typically, electric cars don't have that. It may have the acceleration, but you don't have that that sound. It's just silent. So Hyundai came up with the Ionic 5, which is their award-winning car, and they put an N on it. It is much more powerful than the Kia EV6 GT, and whoever put it together is definitely a car person. When you put it into the Ignite mode, it has a burbling V8 exhaust sound coming out of it, and you hear it inside the car, not necessarily outside, a little bit outside. Oh, my God, it has rev-matching downshift, and so I took it with a a friend of ours, Jens Miner, who's 
part of the world car. He's a German uh, car writer. He happens to be here in the U.S. We took it up Angel's Crest in Los Angeles. He drove it up, and I drove it back. Wow. It handled. It was flat. There's a lot of weight, so there's a low center of gravity. And it was really powerful. It was it was a different experience because you've heard the exhaust. Isn't that When weird. you shift it with the paddle shifters, which are carbon, you hear the, the blipping, the <laughs> rev matching. I'm like, oh, my God. This is, it's all synthesized. you had those cars to yeah. market first, yeah. you would have sold them. Yeah. Instead, they bring us a piece of brown paper bag, boring, utilitarian, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, They're all yeah, the yeah. same. You know, you know what's funny is, I tell you, what I saw was when I was at SEMA, Borla Exhaust is doing this aftermarket now for the one they had was the Ford Lightning pickup truck. And yeah. I'm telling you what, it's brilliant. The sound that Borla came up with, which is five different variations of five different engines, and it makes you think you're driving a big V8 electric for the Ford Lightning. It's an electric truck, oh, nice. but it's the same thing. It sounds like you're driving a Shelby truck. Uh, hold tight, oh, Lauren. Nice. I yeah. think that's what's missing. It is, that's a sound. Missing. The soul, right there. If you're right there. buy a truck, oh, yeah. yeah. You got it. It's the soul that's missing. There you go. All right, hang tight. Worse. Can you imagine driving a demon that has no sound? No. Oh, what are you doing? It's blasphemy. It's yeah. blasphemy. Uh, this is I'm called uh, Danny California from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. She's in California for the Los Angeles Auto Show. Lauren Fix, carcoachreports.com. We'll be right back, and there's some other weird news you're not going to want to miss. Don't go anywhere. She's a runner, rebel, and a stunner. Found them everywhere, saying, baby, what you gonna? Looking down the barrel of a hot man Just another way to survive. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America. Our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Lauren Fix is joining us. She is the car coach, carcoachreports.com. You can find her. Her handle on Twitter is at Lauren Fix. Instagram, hashtag carcoachreports. She's got a fantastic YouTube channel. Uh, Check out carcoachreports.com on the web, and it's all there. Lauren is at the Los Angeles International Auto Show. The news we're going to talk about in the last segment here, which is uh, just one away, uh, i got to tell you, i just got to give these people a little update. The National Transportation Safety Board calls for speed-limiting technology in cars. Lauren's going to give us a little update on that after we talk a little bit more about the L.A. Auto Show. But 
I don't like what I'm hearing there. But anyway, back to the L.A. Auto Show. What else you got going on? Well, that, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I also opened up a new channel called Car Smart. Oh. So we'll make the car reviews and the first looks of new vehicles on its own channel as Car Coach reports. Right now, they'll be the same content, just different thumbnails. But Car Smarts, you can find it on YouTube. You'll see a cartoon picture of me. That'll uh-huh. be the beginning of it as we build it out. We've got like 33 videos up right now. Wow. But we decided to spin it off so I can vent a little bit. I vent on your show a lot, but I have a lot of people asking for more stuff. So, so here's what's new. Speaking of Subaru at okay. the LA auto show, yep. a fully redesigned vehicle is the Subaru Forester. So oh, that's wow. going to be shown here. So if you're in the LA area or you're coming to the LA area, you can go there. It's fully redesigned currently in its fifth generation. So that'll be kind of neat. Also, Lucid, which has the largest battery of any car company that sells electric vehicles with 500 miles of range, is the Lucid Gravity. This is their SUV. We've been waiting for this. comes in two-row or three-row configurations. So why everyone was thinking, oh, Tesla's the way to go. If you haven't seen a Lucid, look it up. It's called the Lucid Gravity. It is impressive. Anything that Lucid's building is really neat stuff because they use their batteries for Formula E. Again, I... Missing is the sound, but if you want a cool, fast electric car with long distance, we want to look at the Lucid lineup. We saw the Toyota Crown SUV. I talked about that in the Camry. But Ford Mustang GT is going to have a California Special Edition. That's here as well. And most of it's a decal package. It's got a special grill, blue accents, California Special appearance tweak. But it's not giving you more power or anything, but it would be it like for the older cars. And those, those like me who have the older cars, the GT Flash CS for GT California Special. Mm. So they're going to be putting that out as well. And Ram is here. They backed out of the show, but I guess they've got an extended range Ram charger that they're bringing. No presentation, just on the floor. Ah. You see, go see it. Cars on carpet. But I, yeah, cars on carpet. Oh, well, well put. Ford also has a gamer van for the gamer in you. It's a full gaming system, and it, it's for collecting TikTok content and stuff. They had that on the, on the show floor, as well as the Mustang GTD. I don't know if I'm going to get one of these, but it's pretty over the top. It's a, basically a 24-hour Le Mans car, mm. 800 horsepower, state-of-the-art carbon fiber body, you know, full aero package, drag reduction system. I mean, they really went to the wall, but the price... They're initially talking on screen or grand. I think that's way out of line. I don't have a weight on it, but if it's over 4,000 pounds or even 3,500, it's too heavy. You're going to build a supercar at that price point. Right. It better be light. It better be fast. And the last thing you want is excess weight. Right. Well, and you know, speaking of that, by the way, 10 o'clock tonight, Saturday night, the F1 race in Las Vegas just oh. what is your thought on that? I'm just curious. It it's a nighttime oh, I got a race. Lot on that. Yeah, it's I and and I it's like a very odd thing and I'll have a little more of a report for you know next week if uh, all goes well. But it just seems mm. very odd. It's it's like it's going to be the coldest race because it's cold in Las Vegas. It's cold in the desert. It's the most expensive race they've done for F1. And I see, you know, again, you're talking about lightweight. You're talking about these cars are super lightweight. But just give me uh, all carbon. They're all light, light, light titanium. Yeah, give me thirty materials. seconds. I want thirty seconds because we have a commercial break coming. On your take on okay. a nighttime race in America that is not in a place where 
I Can think, I give it to you in a couple words? Yes. A disaster. Oh! A disaster. That's kind of what I thought. Why is it a disaster? They reduced the main strip in front of all those really nice hotels down to one lane in each direction. They have grandstands <laughs> and suites that block the view out of the hotel rooms and yeah. all those bridges that you can walk over the road. Right. All right. All right. Hold on. That was not two words. I get it. I get it. It's going to be. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it next week after the fact. You're listening to The Drive. I'll be watching. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. Lauren Fix will be back. She's got news now. We got to talk about this. It's a serious thing. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And my buddy Lauren Fix at the uh, Los Angeles Auto Show calling in from the show floor while everything's going on there. Uh, thank you for doing this, Lauren. I know it's not easy. You're standing there on a cell phone doing a radio show across America, right? Um, CarCoachReports.com is her website. Okay. National Transportation Safety Board calls for speed-limiting technology in cars. This is a road and track story published a couple of days ago, and uh, give me your take on it first. Okay, first, it's not the MTSB's rule to carry out this recommendation. It's a policy that they want to make, and this policy is to limit how fast you can drive. So what does it really mean? Think of it this way. The speed limit, we've all seen that traffic sign recognition where it says right on your navigation, hey, you know, don't go faster than here's the speed limit of 25 or 30. It's going to restrict your vehicle to go that way. Now, remember, last week, you and I talked about these kill switches. This is the next step beyond. So the the two go hand in hand. You're under the influence. We shut the car up. But don't worry. You can't drive over the speed limit. I hope you're not being chased by someone who wants to kill you. Or God forbid you have to rush home because yeah. I don't want your kids are hurt or something or right. an animal in your case. Oh you can't you, you can't speed. If it's fifty five, you're doing fifty five. Oh my God! I'm telling you, yeah. tractor trailer's doing eighty. You're doing fifty five. <laughs> or another vehicle is speeding because they're doing sixty five. You're doing fifty five. You can't go any faster. I'm going to come running right up behind you, and that's how rear end collisions happen. Cause right. You can't get out of your own way. Mm. This is a dumb idea. Another well, dumb idea. They've tried this before. And it failed. Yep. It's time for us to speak up. I will be doing a car coach report. I'll also be on Car Smart, my new YouTube channel, venting on this for next week. But I'm telling you, I'm on fire with this. And I'm, I, I give an update on the kill switches that's gone viral. We're at a million views on the one video and like half a million on the other. People are peeved. You need to get pinned at the top of the comments. These politicians that you elected in whatever state you're in, it doesn't make a difference. Whatever state you're in, find out where they vote. Are they voting for the things that you want or against the things that you want? And you can want either side. You just need to tell them. But if you don't tell them, they're going to think they're speaking for you. So yeah. This is where it's really important to get on the horn. You email, you text, you call. They know when you're mad. And I think people are pretty peeved at the kill switches. And this is another one. Dumb idea. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, NTSB is an independent review agency of the federal government. They're the group which gets called when plane crashes or trains go off the rails. And in this particular case, when speeding cars crash into minivans is what this story says. Uh, Let's see, in North Las Vegas, nine people die from this one particular crash alone. Of course, now they use clickbait to photograph of a car Mm -hmm. that is completely demolished. And the reason why they do that is because, well, it throws fear. Well, yes, and fear into our hearts. It's like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be killed in my minivan with my children. Nobody Mm -hmm. does. But the point is that at what point... Are we in control of our lives? I remember the merry-go-round. Do you ever see a merry-go-round anymore? No, because they've been deemed dangerous. Kids can fall off a merry-go-round. Jungle gyms and things like that. You know, it's like we can't, like, we're danger adverse. We played dodgeball. We played dodgeball. Remember that? You (laughs) get in the face of the ball. My my husband and I are laughing because the other day we have, you remember dart? It was like a metal dart you would throw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They made them illegal. They made them illegal. When my father-in-law was digging through his garage, he found a set of original metal jarts. So that's why I called them J A R T. So we were throwing. My husband is. A, we got a stage a photo of him looking like he got stabbed in the chest with it. It was freaking hysterical. Oh my god! We were laughing. I saw, it's one of my favorite photos because the kids all pretend like they were acting like he got stabbed with it. Listen, you're not throwing it at a person. Stop trying to restrict every single thing we do in our lives. What we eat, what we drink, what we stand, what we breathe, what we drive. Come on, that gives you some responsibility for your own actions. You know, if you're dumb enough to drink while driving, you shouldn't be driving. We'll take away your car. But yeah. stop trying to tell me what to do. I don't need a mother or a nanny. Well, it's funny because, you know, we, um, what do they call it, the Darwin Awards. We should have won no. Darwin Awards because, you know, m- my friends are crazy enough that they used to play BB gun wars and shoot at each other. Literally shoot at each other, and it was like I still have mine. This is crazy, these guys. But you know what? That's what makes yeah, the world a gun interesting. I have a, place. I have a Daisy BB gun, an original one. <laughs> I keep it in my laundry room because I have no other place to put it, like behind the doors. Oh, like I don't know, but that was like a rifle. And you know what they're good for? Getting a rabbit out of your vegetable garden. That's what it's perfect for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right. So, what is the? Uh, what do we do? I mean, this this they're calling for a speed limiting technology in cars. This is probably down the road a little ways, but uh, we just have to, I guess, speak up. Really, first thing you can do, speak up. Yeah, get the word out. You're getting it out to your listeners. I'm getting it out to mine. Right. Tell your friends. Start writing to your representatives and telling them, Senate and the House, say, Hey, listen, this is coming up. We don't want it. Let's stop them now, because otherwise they're going to do it on a Sunday night when no one's paying attention, or a Friday night, or on a holiday weekend like they always do. Oh, it's part of the infrastructure bill. We couldn't pass it unless it was part of some bill, some line item that you can't undo, much like the kill switch. They're trying to undo it. People are peeved, man. If you look at some of the comments, people are seriously angry, and I don't blame them because they're afraid. I'm not going to buy a 26 car. What's going to happen? Is it going to hurt the car manufacturers because they're forced to make these cars this way? And people aren't going to buy them. Yeah. They're going to lose sales. It's going to cost them in sales. It's going to cost them in profits. And people will keep what they have, which is what they don't want. It's called planned obsolescence. They want you to buy a new car every three years. That's how they stay in business. Yeah. Well, what will happen I, if you make if you make the cars undrivable? I think uh, it'll be fun to be at Barrett Jackson uh, in January to see what the classic car sales do because I think they're going to continue to climb because of this. Lauren Fix, well, thank I, you. I might be there. Hopefully, I'll be there to see you. Okay, we well, I'll be there. That. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, CarCoachReports.com. Uh, have fun at the LA Auto Show. We'll be right back, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, there's only one guy that I get to uh, cohort with a little bit here that I could say this this song, Life in the Fast Lane, fits perfectly. And that's Ed Justice Jr. because ever since he was a kid, matter of fact, I think he was born on the racetrack from his, his family with Justice Brothers. But uh, Ed did a big interview here just recently, right after SEMA, with um, the king, uh, you know, the king himself. I mean, I honestly, Richard Petty is such a cool guy, Ed, and I was so glad when I saw that picture of you, and I, you told me you were going to interview him, but, you know, I've interviewed him, you've interviewed him, and a lot of people in this industry have interviewed the guy, but you know what? They don't call him the king for nothing. He, first of all, has won more races than anybody, but he is, he's stately. There's something about him that he exudes his kingliness, if I can say that. Is that fair? Yeah, well, you know what? Big question is, how did he get the name king and all that? And it pretty much happened in 1967. But, you know, when your name is Richard, yeah, and you have the year that he had in 1967, which I'll describe in just a minute, it's easy to say, this guy is the king of stock car racing, and then it's natural, King Richard. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sort of like King James or, yep, you know, King yep. Edward or King Charles or whatever. But anyway, you know, in 1967, they had 45 races in the NASCAR season. And Richard won 27 of the 45 races. Wow. He set a record when he won 10 in a row. And uh, right. that was, those records set in 1967 by him are records that most acknowledge will never ever be broken probably in NASCAR history. And so Richard, really with his career of 200 total victories, second to him in NASCAR is David Pearson at 105, Jeff Gordon's at 93, Jimmy Johnson's like down in the lower 10th or whatever, and he's like 80-something. And, uh, you know, a lot of people call Jimmy Johnson the GOAT. Well, you know, Richard's got 200 victories, uh, 34-year career, I mean, unbelievable. Richard is truly one of those people that the term goat is not an exaggeration. And, you know, because goat is used just way too much today. You know, oh, this guy's a goat. She's the goat. They're the goat. You know, whatever. And for those that don't know, we use that loosely. It it means greatest of all times, right? 
Right. I'm glad you said that because yeah. a lot of people don't know. Uh, yeah. Greatest of all time. And But in 1967, think about this from a racing standpoint because it's sort of interesting, really. Here's Richard Petty having this absolutely record-setting career year. And the same year, A.J. Foyt wins his third Indy 500 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which was a big, big deal. He tied the best of the best in 1967. Dan Gurney ends up winning the Belgium Grand Prix at Spa in a, an American-made Formula One car of his design with his company as an American. That was legendary, still has not been repeated. And then A.J. and Dan get together, and they win the 24 Hours of Le Mans in the Ford GT40, an all-American team, a derivative of the Lola GT, but clearly the Ford and all that. And so 67, and this is a summer of love, and there's so much else going on. You talk about an incredible year, not only in racing, but in history. It's just when you think back, you go, wow, that was really something. Yeah, no, there's no question. I mean, think about it. We have not seen anything like that since then. And he's a living legend. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Richard is just such a nice guy. He is. I mean, he really is a really nice guy. You know, there's the old saying, don't meet your heroes, because if you do, you'll probably be let down. Yes. Well, Richard Petty is the 180 degree opposite of that. This guy, when you meet him, you will go, wow. Oh, man, I am not let down. In fact, (laughs) I feel so much better about this man. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, you know, as I said, when we finished the interview, I said, I think the audience sees here tonight that you're still the same Richard Petty from Randleman, North Carolina, population a little over 4,000. Mm. And I said, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, I, it, and it really is, because he's a genuinely good human being. You know, honestly, until I met you, I didn't really, I wanted to race the car. I didn't want to go to the races. I wasn't a photographer. I think you, because of all of your, you know, my gosh, how many times have you been to the Indy 500? Like all of them oh. since, you know, since you were yeah, a yeah, kid. Yeah, not that many, but yeah, quite a few. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I think, you know, that because of you, I started going to some races, you and I together and for car and driver and road and track. And you did, you know, because for those that don't know, Ed was the host of Road and Track's radio show for Road and Track magazine. And I was the host for car and driver for a number of years. But I, I wouldn't have ever done that if it wasn't for you, I don't think, because I just like I don't watch football unless my son-in-law's over and he's watching a football game because I want to play football. I don't watch racing because I want to race the cars. I like to be the guy doing it. But, you know, when you go with somebody like you that has all this history and all this knowledge and all this, you know, just this extra layer of, I guess, just fun factor, it really changed it for me. So first of all, thank you for that, Ed. But when I got to meet Richard Petty, and I think you remember the time because you and I both got to interview him at, at SEMA that time. And, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And to your point, I didn't, you know, it was early on in us doing stuff together. I didn't really know a lot about him. I knew who he was, of course. Who doesn't know the king, Richard Petty? But I didn't know enough to ask intelligent questions. So one of the questions I asked was, I said, what's it like to be Richard Petty? I mean, you know, and he goes, well, I I don't know. I ain't never been nobody else. And we laughed and it was just such a honest, funny question, a funny answer. It was the whole thing was entertaining, but he was just a regular guy. You would have never known that he was, you know, the king of the hill, that he was the king of the world at that moment in time and still is really, you know? Well, you know, he ran in the IROC race, the original IROC race with the Porsches. 
And because the crowd that I was in front of was very much a sporty car type crowd, you know, very much into sports cars, I thought, well, hey, we need to ask him about the, and, you know, I shot the IROC, so I had plenty of pictures to put in front of him. And, and there's one funny picture of him looking like he's leaning over, making Emerson Fittipaldi and Mark Donahue laugh. And, of course, he can't remember what he said because it's 50 years ago. Right. But anyway, I, and I said, hey, well, tell us about these Porsches. He said, you know, that was the first time I'd ever driven a rear-engine car. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and he said, my job that day was to stay out of everybody's way. <laughs> and he said, I, I rock, which officially meant International Race of Champions, right? Yeah. He said, I, I rock to me meant I race off course. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Just trying to keep it on the on the course." He said, "That was that was a big enough challenge for me with a rear engine car, which I had no experience in." And oh, I, man. I, I asked him when he raced against Dan Gurney at Riverside because uh, Richard won the Motor Trend 500 in '69, and uh, Dan had won four already by that point and ended up winning six total. And I said, well, tell me about Dan Gurney. He said, the only time I ever saw Dan Gurney when I raced him was when he was driving by me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, hold tight. I'm talking about right. the King, Richard Petty, the King of NASCAR. And uh, Ed Justice just did an interview with him. We'll see if there's other highlights. You're listening to The Drive. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Ed Justice Jr. joining us, Justice Brothers, America's brand for quality. Ed's the president and CEO, and justicebrothers.com on the web. Uh, service products for your vehicle used in almost all service departments around uh, dealerships and service companies around the world. Uh, Ed interviewed, uh, where were you, in Napa or somewhere, Ed? Uh, yeah, I was at a, a private winery up in the Napa Valley Reserve to be specific and so let me ask you this whole interview with uh richard petty what was it you know how did it kind of find its way into your lap and what was it about and give us the beginnings well okay so the napa valley reserve is a private winery Uh, it's a membership type thing Uh, actually a really really neat idea and it's owned by a, a friend of mine and another friend of mine is a good friend of his and in fact you know this other friend is Bruce Meyer. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, and so this is Bruce's college friend, and they uh, they have X number of events as part of this winery membership during the year, and and one of them was they decided to do a motorsports thing. Bruce is the unofficial director of motorsports for the wine club. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, you know, it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. <laughs> right. So anyway, so, you know, about 20 years of this has been going on. And, and in those 20 years, like last year, I interviewed Hurley Haywood. The year yeah. before that, Chip Ganassi. year before that, 
Don Perdome, and then there's been then COVID. We missed one year, and then it's been Jeff Gordon, <laughs> Dario Franchitti, wow. Bobby Ray Hall, Danny <laughs> Sullivan, Dan Gurney, Parnelli Jones, on and on and on and on. Right. Uh, Phil Hill was one year. So it's it's just really it's it's in a very very beautiful venue in Napa, and people ask me all the time, can public buy tickets? And unfortunately, no. It's strictly for the members of this winery and. And uh, it's really, really, I mean, over the years, John Lamb, you, you remember yeah. John? He was up there one year, and he said to him, well, hey, you know, you guys should be taping these. And they go, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And Boy, somebody howdy. asked me this yeah. that this year. They go, well, hey, are, did you tape this? And I go, well, to be quite honest, and Alan, you know where I'm coming from on this, the minute you turn on the cameras or the tape recorder, it can really affect how the interview goes. Oh, for sure. And. Because, you know, you put it out there to the public, and now it's different than when it's a select group of people in a room. Yeah, yeah, And people are going to start taking shots at things, and, you know, I mean, it's just the world we live in. And so, you know, it would be nice to have them recorded, but then again, I have no regrets, because in in respect to the the people we're interviewing, it it allows them to be a lot more open and honest with the audience. And uh, so, are you going to send? Are you going to send the recording to me? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, no. So I, I, you know, the one one thing I Richard won 200 races, right? Mm-hmm. And at his 200th, Ronald Reagan was there, and I, I ran wow. a clip. It was really, really cute. And, and before the evening, before we, I had dinner with Richard that evening. Uh, oh, the, daughter, co- the cops are coming after you right now for running that clip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, we had dinner with Richard that night, and I told Richard, tongue-in-cheek, I said, you know, Richard, I'm going to show a few of your crashes, but I said, good news is I'm not going to show all of them, okay? <laughs> but I said, i, I got to show a couple. And because he, you know, this guy, what he endured in 34 years of racing is nothing short of amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, look at Dale Earnhardt died from a wreck that didn't look like it was that much. No, I was there. I know. Some of the, yeah, the wrecks that Richard sustained. Yeah. It just shows you how fickle that can be. Right, right. It's all part of fate, I guess you might say. I asked him one time, I go, so Richard, again, I, you know me, I, Ed, you're the, the professional motorsports guy, and I, I'm just a question asker. You know what I mean? I said, I said, what's different about NASCAR and the whole experience today versus when you were racing in your heyday. He says, cameras are everywhere. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you know, when I was racing, he says, if somebody offended you or somebody cut you off, you'd take them out behind the, the semi and kick their ass. And I was like, oh. he says, you can't do that today because there's cameras everywhere. I thought that was so yep. funny because that was his attitude. Well, we have to be more civilized. <laughs> Well, you know, it came up about, did you ever think about doing a burnout after a victory? Yeah. And, I mean, I clearly knew what he was going to say. And what he said was, never thought about it. Because we had to get back, rebuild that motor for the next season or the next race. And we were on a limited budget and all. And so, you know, when you think about that now, you know, today they go, well, it costs too much to go racing in NASCAR. we got to really figure out a way to reduce the cost. Well, how about quit blowing up motors when you win a race? Right. Uh, That'd be a good place to start. But for the listeners, actually, there is an alternative motive to that burnout. I don't know if it's true anymore, but according to what some people told me, 
that when they put the car up against the wall and they do that burnout and they just completely just really annihilate the engine, it it can really hide if you had something sneaky going on inside that motor. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Right there. <laughs> All right, hold still. Yeah, we're taking another break. <laughs> we're what? What? Quick. We're celebrating. You know, that's the deal. Oh, yeah. yeah, We're celebrating getting rid of the evidence. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my gosh. All right. Ed Justice with uh, Richard Petty a couple days ago. And then uh, next segment, let's talk about SEMA a little bit. We we were there together for a few minutes. Uh, The Specialty Equipment Market Association trade show in Las Vegas. Uh, And and we'll not talk about too much about the uh, F1 race that's going on tonight. Anyway, we'll be right back. It is The Drive. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. My buddy Ed Justice Jr. here, CEO and president of Justice Brothers Incorporated, justicebrothers.com on the web. And Ed is a also a professional photographer, motorsports photographer. And uh, you can find out if you want more information on that and the Justice Brothers big coffee table book. Um, probably where? Where's the best place to send them, Ed? Amazon.com. Okay. What's the book called? Legacy of Justice. There you go. And then An American uh, Family Story. And then for your photography and stuff. Well, you can go to my main website, edjusticejr.com. That's J U S T I C E J R.com. And then go to the photography tab, and you can find a link to go to my big photo gallery and, and all that type of stuff. Ed's been uh, shooting motorsports for, wow, we don't want to date you, Ed, but at least 50 years. Anyway, more than that. (laughs) Yep. I saw a picture of you with long hair as a teenager with a, I think it was a brownie camera. Was that a brownie or a light? Yeah, no, I never owned a brownie, but I owned a, my very first camera, and I don't (laughs) call this my first real camera because I don't know that you call a Polaroid a real camera. They're a great camera, yeah. but that was my first camera, was a Polaroid. And then, then I had a Konica Auto S2. That was my, what I considered to be my first real camera. And uh, so, yeah, no, I, you know what? Photography's been very, very good to me. I love it. I've had a lot of fun, you know, capturing history. Yeah, for sure. Okay, final thoughts on your interview with um, Richard Petty, and then I want to get one minute on SEMA and 30 seconds on the F1 race tonight. 
Well, my interview with Richard Petty really is, it's even though I've interviewed him before, and like you and I on, on the radio, et cetera, and all, that evening will always be with me from now on for yeah. the rest of my life. It was just very, very special. You know, Richard is 86 years old, wow. still incredibly active. I wow. mean, look, at he was at the event. He stayed there signing autographs till almost 11 o'clock at night, and you know he was on a jet at 5 in the morning going to Phoenix for the last NASCAR race. Now, I don't know many people of any age that can do that type of schedule, let alone in their 80s. He looks great. And Richard is a rock star, and he's all about the fans. He's all about the people who have have, uh, provided his livelihood, and he's just just really a first class guy. Well, I'm glad you got to do that personally because he's just he is he's a sweetheart of a guy and just spending time with him is just fun. All right. Give me a minute on your overthoughts on SEMA. Well, SEMA was great. You know, I mean the first day that the attendance was down and I attribute that to that it happened to land on Halloween. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of people, you know, that maybe needed to be with family or whatever did and the traffic picked up from the second day on. I don't know how it compares to years or past or whatever, but, you know, look, it, it's a great show. I don't think the car companies, with the exception of Toyota, God bless them, the other car companies have pulled out of SEMA. And I don't know that the car companies need to have the massive presence that they've had in the past, but I think they should have some presence with the high-performance parts they sell yeah. because it's clear that the... EV market is not going according to plan, and the internal combustion engine is going to be around longer than people think, or longer than some would like it to be, and that's a a small percentage of people when you read these polls. And so I think it's just, Toyota, to me, is the car company that really gets it big picture, Mm. and they just announced that the Camry is going to be only available in hybrid. Well, that's smart. I mean, I think hybrids are a smart car. I mean, around town, you can probably pretty much drive them almost all on on electric. But then if you want to hop in and go anywhere and not worry about getting stranded, et cetera, or, you know, recharging your car at some weird charging station out in the middle of the desert and spending an hour next to somebody that you wouldn't want to spend five minutes next to at a gas station, (laughs) okay, then hybrids actually make a lot of sense. All right, all right. Last question, last question, because we're running out of time. Here comes the music. F1 race. Tonight. Late. Well, Alan, I think by everything we've seen so far, the race is going to be interesting, to say the least. And uh, I don't mean that in in a negative or positive way. I just mean it as what it is. It's going to be interesting. And and I won't be there. I'll definitely be... tune in you know i'm not there right you're in town yep. <laughs> uh and so but i will be watching like uh, millions of other people around yep. the world for what is going to be a very interesting race i'll give a full report uh next week ed thank you so glad you got to interview richard and i, I would have told you to say hi for me because i know you'd remember me <laughs> well, yeah. All right. They did. Oh, he said, yeah, that guy? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ed. Ed Justice right. Jr., everybody. Okay. We'll be right back. All righty. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 
9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged cross-trek wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, you know, I recorded that uh, intro. That's an actual car that I was driving one day, and I thought, this thing just sounds so good. I got to record this. But I have a feeling that with the new Dodge Demon 170, I'm going to have to make a whole new recording. The guy that's responsible for the sound of the Dodge, the power of the Dodge Demon 170, and the uh, controversy of the Dodge Demon 170 is on the phone with us right now. Dodge brand CEO Tim Kaniskis. Tim, I've been talking about this vehicle now since the reveal of a couple of weeks ago in at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And my God, my phone has not stopped ringing. Everybody's like, how do I get one of these? And uh, have you seen what somebody's trying to get for this? I mean, there's one crazy person out there that's advertised one for a half a million dollars over window sticker. What is going on? Why are people frothing at the mouth for this thing, you think? It's an amazing car. But I think the answer really goes a little bit deeper than, you know, some people trying to buy a car. It goes back to why do you actually do a car like this? You know the stats on this car inside and out. I, I think pretty much everybody does now since over 150 million people watched the reveal. So <laughs> it's pretty uh, it's a pretty well-known commodity at this point. Yeah. But if you step back and you say, okay, well, I know the stats. What if they would have wanted 950 horsepower and 9.2 seconds and 149 miles an hour? Well, you know what? Then it wouldn't have crossed the threshold for NHRA. It wouldn't have required a parachute, and it wouldn't have been anything that would have crossed over into the mainstream. And when I say crossover into the mainstream, you know, when you and your audience are talking about this, you're true enthusiasts. So you know about this kind of stuff. So if we launched it at 940 and 9.2, you guys would have been talking about it. It would have been cool. It's an awesome car. But it wouldn't have crossed over into the, to the people that don't really care about cars, right? Right. Our whole goal was, just like we did on the original Demon, crossover from the enthusiast into the mainstream. And the reason that we want to do that, what, the reason we wanted to do it last time, the reason we want to do it this time, is last time we said the hot button that crosses over last time was it did a wheelie. Nothing's ever done a wheelie. This will get the attention of the mass market. This time we said, well, we already did a wheelie. We were already banned. What do we do this time? We said this time, okay, we need a parachute. That will cross over into the mainstream. The reason we do that, the whole point of this thing is, yeah, it's an amazing car. Yes, 3,000 people in the U.S. are going to get a car because it is just bonkers. But the real business reason behind doing that is we've sold 2 million of these cars, 2 million of them and a billion horsepower since we started building this car. Most of those people, a huge percentage of those people are not going to buy this car. We'll get into the pricing in a second. They're not going to buy this car, whether they can get it without a markup or or any of that stuff. They're not going to buy this car, but they have a lot of pride in this brand and they have a lot of pride in their purchase and in their car. And that, 
quote, mainstream customer that lives across the street doesn't really get it. Why is he out there shining this car all the time? Why is he going to car shows? Why is he going to the drag shop? What's up with this guy? Well, when you cross over, you give him the intellectual alibi. And that customer that doesn't know anything about cars says, hey, I saw a car just like yours. has a parachute. Oh, my God. So it gives him pride in the brand <laughs> that he loves, gives him pride in the brand that he's invested in. Right. And that makes all the difference in the world for the brand positioning. Now, the, the other side of that equation is when you do that, it creates more demand than the products that you can deliver, which becomes the old supply and demand thing. And, you know, what are they going to be priced at? Now, I, I will tell you, in this world of social media and headlines, no offense, that's your business, but no offense, it's all about getting clicks, right? It's all about, I need a headline that's going to get attention. I need a story that's going to get attention. But I'll give you the facts behind all that. The facts behind all that is we've got a little over 2,000 of the 3,000 orders in already. Now, I know the other 1,000 are already sold, but they're just still working on, you know, specs on the wheels and pricing and things like that with dealers. But I have hard data on over 2,000. So I have hard data on over 70% of the U.S. orders. Over 70% of those orders in, I can tell you 60% of them are sold at MSRP. And you say, okay, how do you know that, Tim? Well, when you buy this car, unlike any other car that I'm aware of, we did it on the original car and we do it on this car, you have to sign in an acknowledgement form before we'll build your car for production. And it has normal things on it, like it has drag radials, don't drive it when it's cold, don't drive it in the, in the uh, rain, things yeah, like that. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I to gotta tell people, when he says, because I bought a Demon in 2018, when he says you have to sign an acknowledgement form, it's true, I signed it. I, I took a picture when I was in Vegas of my uh, demon and, and it was raining. I get a phone call from this guy, the president of the Dodge brand saying, get that car off the road. And I said, <laughs> I said no, he's serious about this stuff. Hold on, Tim. we got to take a break. Tim Kaniskas is joining us, the Dodge brand president, CEO. And boy, there is a new car on the road. If you haven't heard about it, it's the Dodge 170 Demon, and oh my God, 1,025 horsepower, 0 to 60 in 1.66 seconds. It's crazy. We're going to have the Dodge uh, President CEO right back with us. Don't go anywhere. He is Ferris Bueller. You know that, don't you? Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, this is Chicken Foot. That's the name of the band. It's called Get It Up. If you want to get your front tires off the ground, pop a wheelie. There's only one car you can buy with a factory warranty that pops a wheelie on the market. It's called a Dodge Demon. The new 170 has just been uh, shown to the world recently. It's at the New York Auto Show right now. 
Tim Kaniskas is joining us. He is the Dodge brand CEO. Uh, him and his team are responsible for this, what I'll call, and it's a TV show, Ridiculousness, which it's, it's fantastic. Uh, he said it. This is a car that you can get a parachute for and take on the racetrack, but the NHRA banned it. Two things. First of all, did the NHRA actually ban this car? And it really does have a parachute, right? Well, it doesn't have a parachute from us, but we do offer a parachute and a parachute mount through our direct connection <laughs> high-performance gotcha. parts okay. line that you can buy online direct from us. Because going that fast, you need a parachute, we I guess, have, on the racetrack. We, al- we also have a really, really tricky harness bar and carbon fiber closeout panels for the back seat also through direct connection so you can buy a whole package oh uh, to make this thing really race ready that's awesome all right so we had to take a break there you were talking about this form that i i signed where you know this is a special car this is not for the weak of heart literally because zero to 60 in 1.66 seconds that makes your eyes roll back in your head when you sign this and dealers yeah. have to sign this as well this is like not normal for any car manufacturer, is it? Well, we did the acknowledgement form because there was a lot of very special things that we wanted to make sure customers were aware of. Like, like we talked, not right driving in the rain, not when it's too cold. We have optional street tires available if you really want to be driving it more, things like that. We also had to put in, <laughs> it sounds funny, we also had to put stuff, language in there about, hey, just so you know, you're buying an over 1,000 horsepower car. It's designed for the drag strip. It's not going to drive like, you know, a Sunday cruiser. It has more NVH. It has more noise, more vibration, more harshness. We took the sound ending out of the car, you know, things like that. Don't bring it back and ask for warranty claim because at 70 miles an hour, you feel a little bit of shake in the steering wheel. Yeah, of course you do. It's a very fast, serious car. But one of the other things that we have on that form is we're very serious about the pricing policy on this car. We, as a manufacturer, like every manufacturer, cannot control the market pricing. We set a recommended price, but then the market determines what the value is going to be. Whatever a customer is willing to pay, that's the value. And I have no control over that. No OEM does. That's the franchise law system that we have. Right. But what we did do was we built in a policy where if you pay over sticker, your car will be pushed to the end of the production line. And so there's been a lot of hate lately. People say, oh, that system is totally flawed because everybody's paying over sticker and I saw this YouTube video and I saw this Instagram post and this and that and it's $200,000 over. Okay, that gets headlines but the real facts are I have 70% of the orders in right now and 60% of them were acknowledged to be sold at or below MSRP. Mm. Now, when you sign that acknowledgement form, the customer signs it, the dealer signs it and it has to be notarized. Now, could somebody lie on that? Sure, but lying on a notarized document in most states, I'm no lawyer, but in most states, <laughs> that's a crime. That is a crime. So I find it hard to believe that everybody's lying. Oh are there God. some? Sure, I'm sure there are. Yeah. But it, there's more people buying at, the, at MSRP than anybody wants to admit. But if you do a story that says 50% of the people bought at MSRP, you get zero clicks. If you do a story that says Dodgers are selling for 200000 over sticker. You get tons of clicks. Yeah, right. It's just the reality of social media these days. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had a demon for 18 months. I put uh, 6,000 miles on it. I drove it to Arizona to Barrett-Jackson from Oregon. I drove it to Las Vegas. I drove it all over. I got 22 miles to the gallon on the highway. I loved my demon. Tim Allen is a friend of mine. He loves, what's he got, 15,000 miles on his demon. 
He loves his car. I mean, Carl Brower, who's on the show all the time, he he's one of those guys that also drives his car all over the place. And uh, I hear dogs. Uh, the guy's got dogs. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. Hey, listen, I just got back last night from being out of town, so I'm working out of the house today. No, it's great. It's great. upset about something. How often do we get to have a CEO of a car brand with dogs barking in the background, talking about cars at Pop Wheelies and stuff like that? All right, hold on, Tim. we got to take a little break here. We're talking to the president of uh, Dodge, Tim Kaniscus. He's the CEO of Dodge Brand. Uh, we're, we're talking about a car that is sharing the news with the indictment of Donald Trump. When do you hear that? If you're anywhere near the New York Auto Show, you can go see it. It's the new Dodge Demon 170. We'll be right back with more. word never carries a lot of weight never forget never settle never surrender and now dodge is proud to announce never lift the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower durango srt 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo dodge charger and challenger and the introduction of dodge power brokers your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts for more on the never lift mindset go to dodge.com dodge is a registered trademark of fca us llc Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our guest today is uh, the Dodge brand CEO, Tim Kaniscus. A very controversial car. You know, uh, Tim, it's funny. I I was talking to Brian Moody from Auto Trader just a, a, a little bit ago before you were on. And we were talking about um, concept cars, and we talked a little bit about the Dodge Challenger and how long it's been around. You said it. You guys have sold over 2 million of these cars. And I think I heard this right, a billion horsepower under the hood of those cars, which is fantastic, right? That's right. Right. But here it is. People are fighting to get this car still. After selling 2 million of them. Now, the Tesla, uh, Brian's point was the Tesla Model S has been made, you know, for a decade. And he says nobody's nobody's really um, complaining that they haven't remodeled, you know, or restyled the Model S. And I go, you know why? Because the people that care don't care about the Model S. And the people that care, and if you know, you know who they are, which are car enthusiasts, they love the Challenger in all its different iterations, and you keep on reimagining this car that you guys have sold two million of, and it's brilliant. And here it is happening all over again. People are not standing in line to buy a Model S; they just they're there, and you can buy one if you want. It's like refrigerators; you go to the refrigerator store, and there they are. But this car, people are fighting over; they're willing to perjure themselves to buy one, which is hilarious. Anyway, keep going. I want you to keep talking about this whole situation. You bring up an interesting point. Nobody ever compares a Tesla to a Dodge, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy. But if you think about what they've done and what we did, it's all about the life cycle management. You know, when we won the number one spot in GD Power's IQS for quality, people said, I I don't understand. Dodge won number one quality in the industry? Yeah, because we haven't changed the sheet metal because that's not what our customers are asking for. Our customers aren't saying, hey, can you put a new crease in the door? Our customers are saying, don't give me another inch of screen size. 
give me more power. So through the 15 years, we've gone from a top of 425 horsepower when we first launched the car to now 1,025 horsepower. Think about that. I know. Right? That's so crazy. It's just a constant evolution of keying in on what that customer wants. Same thing that Tesla's done. You know, they haven't changed the car, but they've been adding feature content throughout the life cycle of the car, like yeah. the plaid and the yoke steering wheel and all those type of things. So it's a very similar strategy. But the funny thing about the Demon, we talked very early on, there was a lot of contention about calling it a Demon. And I said, there's no way we can not call it a Demon because we're not changing the sheet metal. The intent and the purpose of the car is the same, even though every single part of the car has changed other than the sheet metal, other than the camshaft, essentially we have to still call it a demon. People say, well, you should call it a ghoul or you should call it a this or that, an angel or whatever, because that will make the people, the original demon owners, feel better about that they don't have a car that's more powerful than their demon. I said, this car will be the best thing that ever happened for the original demon. And people thought I was crazy. And I said, because it will make this school, this segment of demon cars, that much more valuable. And what we're seeing right now in the marketplace is we have a program where if you own the original Demon and you want to buy a new one, we'll match your VIN. And 20% of the people so far up to this point that have ordered their car, and I think that's going to go up here pretty soon because we've got a new batch of orders coming in, about 20 25% of them are matching their VINs, meaning they're keeping the old one, buying a new one, and matching the VINs. So if you think about that, that means there's a lot of original Demon owners that for whatever reason are not buying the new one. So there was a thought that they would be very upset because, maybe we devalued the exclusivity of that original demon. We're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing the original demon actually go up in price, and we have examples of people having them for sale online that after the reveal on Monday the 20th, they raised their online prices, in some cases, $30,000, dollars $60,000 increase in their asking price as a result of this car. And the other unintended consequence is people that are buying the new one that didn't own the old one, so they buy a new one. Now what they want to do is go back and buy one of the old ones so that they can match the VIN on the old one or on the new one. Sorry. <laughs> right, right, and right. And so I have examples of people reaching out to oh. me saying, I need to find people that have these available for sale. I have a, a perfect example. I know a person who is buying one of the new ones, Yeah. went and found someone who had an 18 that had a VIN number on it that he was attracted to that VIN number and just started negotiating. But, you know, it's like people knocking on the door of your house saying, well, you sell your house. He started negotiating with this guy to sell his car. And he goes, my car's not for sale. And he got to a point where he offered enough money. Okay, it's for sale now. And so now this person <laughs> right. is going to have two of them. So the guy who was driving the 18, he was driving a diamond encrusted 18. I mean, he was driving the car. He had miles on it. And he just got more for the car than he ever imagined. And we're seeing that many examples across the board. So oh really, God. really interesting what's well, happening in the market. You know what? You just gave away the secret to these people that are hearing, you know, 250, 300,000 over window sticker, go buy a 2018 for 150 grand. And now you got two. And because, okay, I better be quiet because all of a sudden, like you said, it's going to turn into a real problem because the price is going to shoot up for the 2018 demons. All right. I think we may have to erase that. Oh, nah, yeah, we'll let it fly. You. We'll let it fly. <laughs> All right, one more segment with you because I want to. I want a future quest with you. Maybe you can share a little bit about what's going on in the future of Dodge. Uh, Tim Kaniskas, Dodge brand CEO, joining us. Uh, it's so fun to watch what he's done with this brand. We'll be right back. Well, you've heard about love and 
Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our guest right now is the Dodge brand CEO, Tim Kaniskis. Uh, our show brought to you in part by Dodge for many years now. Thank you for that, Tim. Uh, domestic, not domesticated. Let me ask you something. When, when I say that every time, what does that mean to the world? Domestic, not domesticated. I know what it means. You know what it means. But why that slogan? Just curious. Well, you know, it really is the ethos of, of everything that we do. Some of the things that we do, people say, oh, that, that's just marketing. It's not. I mean, we really live by it. And more importantly than saying we live by it, we bring it through in our product to the marketplace. We, you know, we call it our fans. We call them a brotherhood of people, 13 million people that are True. fans of this brand. Wow. And that's really how we sell our cars. Most people, most brands will sell a car from entry to mid to upper range, and they'll talk about the, the value and the price and the economy and stuff like that. We literally do the exact opposite. We talk about our most expensive cars, and we don't talk about our entry-level cars at all. We sell you on Hellcats. Hellcats are 4% of what we sell. We don't even market the other 96%. Oh, my God. Why do we do that? <laughs> it's, it's no different than I make the analogy about sports. Think about how, fill in a sport, hockey, baseball, football, whatever. Think about all the people that will watch sports and live and die by that sport and wear the jersey of their favorite team and won't miss the game for that team. They may have never played that sport. But they're part of something as a fan of that team, right? It's the same thing with the brotherhood and domestic, not domesticated. You're part of something regardless of which trim that we sell that is at your price point. So we talk about Hellcats and we build demons to be that aspiration, to be that number one draft pick quarterback that's on your team, to give you pride in your team, even if you're driving a car that's a few years old or a lesser power level of the car, you're still part of that team. Right. And that's why our 300 horsepower car looks just like our $90,000 thousand horsepower car. Mm. Cause they're all part of the same family. That's the strategy behind what we try to do. That's regardless mar- of what you can afford, regardless yeah. of what you want to drive, we want you to be part of that team, that brotherhood. It's actually marketing genius. I did not realize that it was that way. And when I hear you say it, I, I, 
I was thinking, yeah, I mean, I get it. And no matter who you are, if you have a car, that car gene in you, you want to be part of that brotherhood of muscle. You know, your website, dodgegarage.com, all these things are part of a um, a brotherhood, like you said. And it's funny because it's not just guys. It's gals, too, which is that's the cool part about it. All right. Let's talk about um, the future. Can you future quest with us a little bit? It's funny because that is such a controversial thing when I call it the brotherhood. Well, it was. It's really kind of gone away when I call it the brotherhood. And I was at the event and there was a Q&A after the event. And there was, I don't know, hundreds of people in the crowd. And someone questioned me on that, a male questioned me on, hey, do you think calling it the Brotherhood is exclusionary? Right. It's not inclusive. And before I had an opportunity to respond, a, I think she was 17 or 18, a young girl was in the audience with her parents, came because she's a huge fan of Dodge. She interrupted me and answered him. No, it's nothing <laughs> about sex. It's about love and this passion that we're all drawn together for these performance cars. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to even say a word. There yeah, you go. There you go. Our world is getting way too sensitive. You know, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. All right. But before we go, I got to hear about future a little bit. You know, the future, everybody is, is all worried about what's going to happen in the future. What I tell people is I say, tell me what your favorite performance car. Well, it's a road course car, drag car. That doesn't matter. Just, cool car just forget performance what's your favorite cool car from 1920 and i always get a blank stare okay 1930 blank stare again oh because you love the muscle cars from the 60s and 70s and the model muscle and all yeah yeah that's what i want i said well hang on the industry is investing a half a trillion dollars in electrification it's not all sheet metal it's technology that nobody even knows is on the drawing board yet so what we're in right now is the 1920s of gas-powered cars for electrification. We're just getting started. And if you look at the concept car that we revealed, it's polarizing. And it's polarizing for a very specific reason. Because I want to show people we have not forgotten what makes these cars fun and exciting and engaging. All electric cars are fast, period. They are. Even the crappy ones, they're fast. But they're not exciting. They're not fun. They're not, they don't give you that... that danger feeling that a muscle car does, you know, the scream and the spin and the, and the shifting and, you know, that, that thing that makes you feel alive. We're trying to put that into our cars. When we put a two-speed transmission in the concept car for the Daytona, people say, I, I don't get it. That's not going to help with any kind of efficiency. It's not going to help you put a smaller battery in it. No, absolutely not. It's not going to help with efficiency at all. But what it's going to do is it's going to get us off the line with 70% more torque than we would have. And electric already has instantaneous high torque. So the key to all of our car, the key to our super stock, the key to our Demon, the key to our Demon 170, the key to our Hellcat, has always been not just more power, but more fast acceleration off of the line. Because that's what gives you that excitement, that feeling. What if I could take that electrification, give you the sound, controversial or not, give you the sound, pump it outside the car instead of inside the car so you get the spatial difference, and then what if I could take that torque that you already have and give you 70% more off the line and put a 325 tire on the back that's terrible for economy but awesome for your launch? Now you start getting back some of those cool sensations that you get with a traditional muscle car. You know what? I have seen a little bit of what you guys are doing, and all I can say is because 
it's all embargoed for me. It's exciting, everybody. That's all I can say. It's exciting. Um, this guy and his team, and a great team you have, by the way. I've known many of you guys for, you know, at least a decade or more, some of them. And I'm impressed constantly. I mean, and, and same with the Dodge brand. Uh, I mean, the uh, Ram brand, what they're doing with the trucks, the one they just showed at the New York Auto Show, the new electric truck, beautiful. And the fact that you guys have announced for uh, Ram a uh, electric truck with an onboard generator, brilliant. I, it's like, why not? It's it's brilliance. So uh, kudos to you. Hats off to everybody at uh, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, uh, all these different brands that you guys uh, have in your uh in your stable, you might say. Tim Kaniskas, thank you, brother. Appreciate what you're doing for our auto industry. Really do. You're an iconoclast. Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me on. All right. We're going to take a little break, come back, and uh, go to the racetrack with Stephen Cole Smith, uh, see what's going on in the world of racing. Our show is brought to you in part by Dodge. Proudly, I say that. We'll be right back. When I needed sunshine, I got rain. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Discover the all-new 2024 Subaru Crosstrek Wilderness. With exclusive technology and safety features, it's packed with upgrades to its off-road capability, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 9.3 inches of ground clearance, 182 horsepower Subaru Boxer engine, and improved gearing to climb the toughest trails. See what's beyond the far boundaries of the map in a rugged Crosstrek Wilderness. Adventure on the Edge. Well, it is the drive all across America. And thanks to Subaru, one of our sponsors. Love, that's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, joining us right now, as I said, was uh, Stephen Cole Smith from Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports with a, a little bit of motorsports talk. Uh, Steve, did you hear the uh, interview I did with uh, Tim Kaniskas? The guy, he's very passionate, you know. I love that about that guy. Very passionate. Yeah, you can tell uh, that, you know, the Camaro's kind of going away without much of a fanfare, but right. you're sending the Challenger out, man. It's going out in style with uh, <laughs> with a 170. It's, uh, uh, you know, we're not far away from seeing those things cross the auction block, I think, at Barry Jackson at well over what they're going to be selling for oh yeah no it's it's crazy and then funny so the camaro is going to go away again at some point tim mentioned that they had sold over two million challengers right so at some point it's got right. to go away it's just so so old but then here they are bringing back a nameplate the hornet which was, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, I wasn't a big Dodge guy until, you know, the, the Hellcat came out. And then all of a sudden it's like, right. man, that's kind of a nice car, you know, but the Hornet was the Hornet, everything special. Well, it really wasn't that great of a vehicle. As far as I'm concerned, it's uh, basically an Alfa Romeo with very little uh, changes made to it. It's got a four cylinder engine with a turbo. It's a quick little vehicle. It's almost like a wagon instead of an SUV, but it gets around pretty good. It's uh, just kind of surprising to see it on the, on the lots. It doesn't say Dodge anywhere on the outside. It just has a little two hash marks uh, on the front, and otherwise you'd have no idea what it is. Wow. 
And it, it's underpinned by, you say, an Alfa Romeo, basically owned by the Alfa same Alfa Romeo company. is an AO, yeah. yeah. It's basically an Alfa with generic markings on it, so you don't know what it is. And they'll be selling the Alfa, I think, pretty well in Europe, but... I think it remains to be seen how well the Hornet's going to do here in the U.S. Well, it's just come out. I haven't. You drove it. I haven't even seen one in person yet. So uh, we'll see. I have to get behind the wheel of that. All right, yeah. moving over to motorsports because we don't have a lot of time. Because Tim was he was sure in a talkative mood today. What's going on in the world of motorsports? Well, we got Bristol, baby, this weekend, and it's the dirt race. They put uh, about a million loads of dirt down on the Bristol racetrack, oh, and. Man. Uh, the race is Sunday night at six o'clock. It's actually on Easter. Oh boy! Um, so uh, there was a point where, you know, there wasn't any racing on Easter and on Mother's Day and the olden days, and now those days are over. They're filled up with racing. Wow! Should be a pretty interesting race. Uh, Bristol is always interesting, whether it's uh, on dirt or not. But it's that uh, should be pretty fun to watch. That's got to be an interesting thing because Bristol, as I remember, I've never been there. That's a little track, right? Yeah, it's just a half mile, but it's real high banked. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. All right. What else is going on? There's not much going on. This is the only thing going on on Easter oh, right. as far as I know. Right, 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 right. Easter weekend, but that's enough. They just got through running at Richmond at the uh, oval track there. That was last weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's been an interesting period. One thing going on, uh, team owners boycotted a meeting with NASCAR Uh-oh. about the TV rights for uh, sources confirmed NBC Sports. They don't like the revenue talks that are going on, and I guess you call that a boycott. They are in one story I read, but it's uh, the charter agreement goes through 2024, so. The agreement sets up the revenue model and requires the 36 charter teams to compete in every event. So there'll be no uh, boycotting the races themselves, but there are some unhappy people in NASCAR. You know, I was just talking to a friend about television because, you know, uh, actually, I have to say it, it was Tim Kaniskis. Because Jay Leno is a big fan for the the new Dodge Demon 170, and he, he wants one, and and uh, I said, you know, I go, it's amazing that they canceled his show, right? But the fact is that Jay Leno doesn't need to have television because most video or television is watched not on television, on TVs anymore. It's watched on your little devices. So having a right. TV deal really hardly doesn't matter for a guy like Jay Leno. And same goes for any of the big media outlets. They've created their own audience on their own platform, so it just doesn't matter anymore. You know, the revenue plan. Has yeah, changed. I'm hoping Jay continues his show online because that's where I watched it a lot. And yeah, he's a columnist for Haggerty, so we run that, and we generally refer to his last show. So I'm hoping it continues. Well, the on-demand world, you know, it's so much better. Like, still, I mean, I like to watch live news. I do like to watch live news. But if I'm 20 minutes late or a half an hour late or completely, you know, miss it altogether, I've got my DVR. I can watch it whenever I want on demand. And the same goes for the fact that even if I don't have a television and I'm on my tractor, I can still watch it on demand on my phone. So you just, these these big networks are really going to be suffering, I think, to your point about, you know, the the revenue models. It's all changing. Everything. Look at the magazine world. You and I both know. 
The magazine world has changed. Yeah. They are now brands that need to have multiple touch points, whether it be live events and radio and video and TV shows and all that, because the magazine world just isn't what it used to be. This is no, it's is, never you know? coming back either. I'm no, afraid. I, I don't think it is. I think we have uh, the ability to wake up like I did this morning at two thirty, uh, walk into the bathroom without stubbing my toe or hitting my knee. Uh, come back out and, and watch uh, a few good videos at 2.30 in the I morning. I hear you. you know? All right, we'll take a break. Stephen Cole Smith joining us. You can find him on Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. This is The Drive. A little more uh, talk with Steve right after this. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. I get knocked down, Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge, and uh, we had the president of Dodge on earlier. Pretty cool. And, and, you know, I was thinking, here we're talking about racing and what have you with Stephen Cole Smith. If With every purchase of a new Dodge SRT vehicle, uh, the Dodge SRT experience at Radford Racing School gives the new owners the ability to learn how to get the most out of their new performance vehicles from Dodge. So uh, if you buy a new Dodge SRT, it comes with it. And uh, if you've already got one and you want to learn how to drive better, whether you got a Dodge or a Viper or whatever other vehicle you might buy from Dodge, uh, you can still go out and take the school at Radford Racing. And they're in Chandler, Arizona. So... um, Thanks to Dodge for uh, sponsoring the show and, and working with Radford. Stephen Cole Smith is with us. Yeah, that's the, that's the old Bob Bondurant uh, right. driving school. Yeah. I've got a great facility out there. I it's, love uh, it. Do it now before it gets too hot because it gets pretty warm in Phoenix, and they move that school up to about 6 a.m., Yeah, I think, during the summer. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, you went to uh, a Porsche event uh, racing school of some sort, didn't you? What did you do? Yeah, Porsche Experience Center is, uh, they've got one in Atlanta on the grounds of the Atlanta airport, which is where Porsche's North American headquarters is. And they've got another one in Carson, California, down where the blimp used to be, right. uh, just outside Los Angeles. And basically, you go there and you can tour uh, a little museum they have. You can watch them restore cars, but you can also drive cars on the racetrack as little as $450 for a drive. 
and something that basically everything Porsche has you can drive on that racetrack. Wow. But the cool thing about the one in Atlanta, they've built another track double the size of, if you add them together, they're double the size of, of the original track. And they've got an ice mountain, which you have to drive up and drive down. And it starts out, it's like 400 grit sandpaper at the bottom where there's plenty of grip and moves up to just solid glass. And it's got water running down it. So you're trying to climb up and you got to have a really deft foot on the accelerator to make it up the ice mountain. And then you make it down and it's like skiing, man. You can go sideways, you can do anything and stability control saves you. And they've got a great big skid pad that's wet so you can get sideways there. You can basically drift all the way around it if you're good enough, which I am not. I spun out about 10 times. But uh, it's a blast. I mean, it's not that expensive. You have to go online to PorscheExperienceCenter.com, I believe, to uh, book the time. But it's uh, it's open to anyone that wants to drive a Porsche. Oh, nice. You know, going to these schools, and, and you know this, and because I know at, at a certain point you were a, a sheriff or a police officer of some sort, and they, right. they teach you how to do these maneuvers because that's now your profession is to be – you know, a professional driver as well as a, a law enforcement officer. And the thing that people don't really get enough training in these days is driving. Remember driver's right. ed? When we were young, driver's ed was a big deal. And nowadays, yeah, you know, it's like you can't even hardly find a school that has driver's ed. you got to take a, a class of some sort with, you know, some, <laughs> some over-the-hill guy. These kind of schools really make a difference for people. That's why I, I thought I should huge talk about difference. Radford, you know, and the Porsche experience. Yeah, I think it's huge. I yeah. mean, if the first time you ever get sideways is on the road. Yeah, it's a mistake. And you don't know what to do. You don't know how to recover. It's not going to end well. Exactly so these right. guys show you how to get a car completely out of shape. And you can safely spin out and you learn that you can turn just enough and give it just enough throttle to where it jumps back into place. You don't have to damage anything to learn. And it's uh, they have a program for young drivers, which is very valuable, I think, to teach them how to, how to drive. Because like you said, driver's ed, even when I was going through it, there wasn't much of an ed to it. It was mostly classwork and driving around with a mad instructor on the right seat. <laughs> yeah. But this is really, truly, and, and so is Radford. I've been through that school, not yep. since it was Radford, but before. Yeah. But I'm sure they teach all the same things. So it's really valuable knowledge to have. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, RadfordRacingSchool.com on the web if anybody's interested. And Steve's right. Now is a good time while it's still a little bit cool because in Arizona, as you know, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter. But... Uh, the difference between learning how to drive from an automotive enthusiast, which the instructors at Radford are, and a grumpy old driver's ed teacher is night and day. <laughs> Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com. Thank you, Steve. You be careful with watching videos on that tractor while you're out there, okay? <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, speaking of that, I'm heading out. We'll see you guys all next week. Same time, same channel.
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.